20 questions or 20 minutes, whichever comes first, as long as it's you. This is You Go First. I'm your host, Blair Payton. And today is a special episode. It's a best of. We're going to look at some of my, well, let me me say that again. We're going to listen to some of my favorite moments from the past four years. So let's dive right in. Let's go back all the way to the first episode. My very first guest was Amanda Giobi. She is hilarious. She's an actress, a comedian, an improviser. I mean, truly, she can do it all. You give her the slightest suggestion, and she will make it hilarious. And the first question she got in the round of 20 questions was, would you rather be an actor or writer or producer? I don't know. Well, you know what, we'll listen to the clip. But she's so hilarious, and at this time she was talking about a movie she was doing, and even, you know, I'm, I'm, I also picked this clip because she talked about Two Dimes, which is, you know, a show I wrote and produced. <laughs> so anyways, let's, let's go back in time, guys. All right, here we go. Next question. You can only be one, actor or writer? Mm. Okay, easy for me, actor. Same? Yeah. Because, like, I enjoy writing, but at the same time, when I sit down to write, I, like, I'll write, like, three sentences, and then I'm like, uh, let's see what's on Hulu. Mm. So I can't focus. I enjoy writing, but, yeah. like, it's easier if someone just else writes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I like to write for me. Okay. But if I had to choose. <laughs> so you're kind of a selfish performer. <laughs> Is what I'm hearing. I just like, you know, uh, I can visualize the dumb things that like my face and body will do okay. So I, where I'm like, oh, I, I know what would be funny here. Um, so I do prefer to write this stuff that I do because I like know how to execute it. But I would imagine uh, there are like plenty of talented people out there that I'm like, sure, they would. They'd be able to write for me just fine. Which I have to plug. So the stuff that's in your um your reel uh-huh. on your website, that's all stuff you've written. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anything that anything okay. you see me do, I've written. Okay. Yes. Because there the one the one clip on your reel that I absolutely love is that song by I wanna say Kai Kai. Kiza. Uh-huh. Kiza. Yes. Yeah. Or you're trying to cook. Go look it up, AmandaGiobi.com. Yeah. So my uh friend Kelly Quinn and I had a running show at the UCB theater called Power Hour, and it's all music centric. So it's like the joke is in a, mu- a song that's playing and we yeah. like act out in that it's song. It's so funny. And I, yeah, so I just, dumb, but for funny. one straight minute, I get burned by a toaster. But it's like, <laughs> so again, it's like, I know how to write that kind of stuff for me where I'm like, I bet I can make that funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Next question. Okay. Ooh, it's my turn. Yeah. I go first. Okay. It says, what is your favorite character you've portrayed? <gasps> You know the right answer to this. I do, but I'm going to be very, I'm going to be like as vague as possible. Can I be really vague and shady? Um, so I'm in a, a, a feature film that's coming out uh, in 2019. Can you be specific or not yet? I can be specific in the way that it's like, um, it's called The Social Ones and there's an article about it in Deadline. So you guys could go on, again, www.itunes.com backslash actors app. Um and but this character who I can't tell you about, but I can. Why can't you? I can't yet. I can't okay. tell anything yet. But she was like I kept just like saying um, that like she was. <laughs> she's just she was already inside of me. <laughs> I was like, but so I know now. I like I think I like playing like I like playing high status. I like playing low status. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all that. But I think classically the things that I've like loved the most are the um, Mrs. Hannigan from uh, Annie, okay. uh, Cruella Deville from like I, I love. I could totally see you as that. 
nasty people because mm-hmm. I don't think that's me, but I must have something. But you channel it well. Yeah, I must have something like that it. in me. Yeah, 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 where I'm like, I, yeah, Mrs. Hannigan is my, that's. Can I just say I'm really hurt that you didn't pick therapist well, from Two Dimes? Dr. Okay. Cheryl. I, here's what I want to say why I didn't pick that. So Blair wrote for me a character in Two Dimes that's a um, a clinician who is obsessed with her period and uh, is narcissistic <laughs> while she's in her therapy appointments. And I literally was just like, well, that's not even a character. That's just that's just me. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't say it because it doesn't count. That's just okay. That's just me. That's a good answer. That was just me well being recorded in my daily life. <laughs> Obsessed right? with her period. Yeah. Amy Trowell is hilarious. She is my comedy partner. We used to perform together all the time back when I lived in Virginia. And uh, over the pandemic, we got together and started Mother and Son Skype Sesh. Which, if you haven't watched it, um, do it. It's great. It's on YouTube. Um, But this clip comes from... Me and Amy both love Diet Coke, and it's probably super unhealthy for us. But you know what? When you have an addiction, you have to nurture it, right? And so this is back from uh, the pandemic, which uh, kind of... I guess we're still in it, but this feels like a lifetime ago. But this is just... I just love it because we just love Diet Coke. Here, listen. Me and Amy are both Diet Coke-aholics. We really are. We've tried to quit, and we keep coming back, and it's, it's, it's like love. If you it love is. something, set it free, and it'll come back. Comes right back like a boomerang. Before we get into the 20 questions, I will say this. The other day, fully stocked, got tons of food, and I was laying in bed, and I put my clothes on, and I told my roommate, Nick, I was like, I got to go to Walgreens. And he was like, why? And I was like, we're out of Diet Coke, and I can't drink water anymore. Yeah, we order our food uh, approximately. We get it like once a week, and we were getting to the to the like point where the groceries hadn't come. We'd ordered them, but they hadn't come yet, and yeah. there was very little diet. I mean, there was like six diet cokes, uh, cans of diet coke, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but I did. I made it, and here I am. Quick question: Do you like it from the bottle or the can? Um, honestly, I'd probably prefer drinking it from the bottle. But I get cans because I tend not to drink a whole bottle. Well, you can always put, you have a refrigerator, right? I know, but then I just stick it in there and then I don't want to drink like a fourth of a bottle of Diet Coke at some point. I mean, that's fair, I guess. I don't know. You just need to be committed and drink the whole thing. I, I, you're right. I'm a quitter. Angela Dorman. Do you know her? If you don't, get to know her. Look up her film career on IMDb and her TV career. She was on, most notably, she gets recognized the most for being on Seinfeld. But she, I actually worked with her in the comedy world. She was actually my improv coach. And she's so funny, but also she's so perceptive, which is what you have to be when you're an improviser. And... Yes, I'm from the South. I'm from Virginia. And sometimes I say set instead of sit. Well, um, unfortunately for me, she was listening closely when I was talking. I didn't start experimenting. Experimenting? Like spearmint gum? Experimenting? I love it. No, you can make fun of my accent, but that's great. Say it again, please. Experimenting. No, say experimenting. I didn't start dabbling. Oh, there you go. Until I I think the first time it happened, I was 24. And it was like, I was very drunk. And I woke up the next day and I had to go to work. And I was thinking, oh, my God. They're going to tell. 
They're going to be they're, tell they're gonna tell that there was a dick in my mouth. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where it was. Um, <laughs> it's quite a night. But I just remember being at work and I was like, oh, my God, am I gay now? No, I'm not gay. I totally like girls, which was like oh. I was in that like convincing myself. Oh. I was like, I only watch gay porn because that's the physique I want to achieve <laughs> at the gym. It's not because I want to have sex with that. Gross. It's aspirational. I wish they'd focus more on his body so I could see uh, how many <laughs> abs he has. It was more about health research. Yeah. Um, so I think I started finally like getting comfortable with it around 28, like late end of 28. Yeah. And then I, because I love to set unnecessary deadlines for myself because oh. it's fun for me. I love to have because anxiety. Because anxiety, yeah. And so I had to do it by the time I was 30. You had to come out. Yeah. I was like, you have to do All it, right. bitch. Yeah, that's good. And I did it. That's good. Thank and you. And you lived to tell about it. I did. I'm just slaying that D left and right. <laughs> and here's a weird thought. My dad's a preacher. Uh-huh. I now have conversations with him about dating. I've read him text messages from my grinder encounters. Fantastic. And they're terrible. Well, it, it was only because when he started getting into the dating world after my mom died, I was like, dating is terrible. It's uh, mostly online. Here's uh, what to expect. And I read him all my interactions. Oh, that's fabulous. So. And yeah, hetero, homo, it's still just the a worst. Rocky road. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Now, let's talk about your career since we've talked about something you don't do and then me being a big old homo. Um <laughs> So you you were on Seinfeld. Uh-huh. Would you say that was like the because everyone no. knows Seinfeld? Yeah, I mean it is for my resume, and yeah. it is like for what other you, people. What would you consider your peak, or have you yet? To I achieve? have yet to peak. Thank you very much. Well, not I peak. was actually had this conversation recently, yeah, and yeah. I I really do believe I've yet to. Um, uh, peak is a bad word. How about uh, one of your most proudest? Most com- proudest. I don't I love. <laughs> I don't love that you listen to how I talk. <laughs> I don't love that. Um, my most proudest. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this summer I, I I freaking took on something that in the middle of it I was like, why would I think I could do this? Okay. And I did it, and it was very satisfying. Um, it's like such a setup to. St- say what it wasn't but i played polonius and hamlet oh i love that story (laughs) don't get me started oh yeah (laughs) well that's great yeah it was a difficult role and um i we had rehearsed 12 days until we put it up so Memorizing that many lines in 12 days was where I thought what, you know, improv is really the only place I belong. <laughs> just to familiar, because, you know, uh, mm-hmm. my audience probably doesn't know. So just for, for their the audience, for yeah. their purpose, what, tell us what the role was. Well, let me tell you that when the director called me and offered me the role, mm-hmm. Because I didn't audition, but I knew these people, and these people are, you know, just it's it's. Um, of course, I'm gonna. Oh, uh, fabulous company. You can't remember the name. No, I can't. If I saw more paychecks with the name on it, maybe <laughs> there you go. I yeah, yeah, remember. yeah. There we go. No, I just have a terrible memory, hence the stupidity of doing that in twelve days. But. Um, now, see, I'm trying to slow down my speech to remember it and then save this. But right. I'm just yeah, making just speak it in circles. Worse. That's I'm what the audience wants. It worse. 
Um, oh, I'll look it up. But <laughs> the Polonius, he calls me and, you know, as, as a self-centered actor, you really, I, if I couldn't know the whole freaking uh, tome, the whole book, whatever they call it, of uh, one writer, mm-hmm. you know the parts that are right for you. You may not know the play. You could give a crap about the plot, but Desdemona, uh, Gertrude, uh, you know, so Lady Macbeth, you know the ones that are, you know, oh, Hamlet, Gertrude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he calls and he says, I'm offering you Polonius. And I I was quiet. And mm-hmm. then I said, it, it, no, I didn't say anything. And then he goes, it's a good role. And I'm like, oh, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not that I don't know, but I just know the two ones for me that you should have just been like, no, yeah, I know. I was trying to be humble. Yeah, yeah. So then when I read the play, I was like, yeah, yes, I preferred it over Gertrude. Frankly. Was it was the convert was the dialogue very Hamlety, like where it was like doth? Oh my god! Yeah, the doth and the. Mm. Forsooth. Was that hard to memorize? I feel like it would be. No, it's actually, you know what's hard about that is the prepositions are all over the freaking place. So what we have is logical, you know, this is from, this mm-hmm. is until, this is, they. it's almost like anarchy when okay. it comes, there's no rhyme or reason. Well, there's mm-hmm. rhyme, but there was no reason. Mm-hmm. But as far as memorizing the actual lines, so much easier. Mm-hmm. One, because there's a pattern. There's um, – th- and he's such a great writer that, of course, it has to be this word. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to paraphrase it because this is the perfect word for what you're feeling right now. Right. And it's the one he wrote. Oh. So it it's not and, – and the way he – I mean, it, it – He's a beat master in mm-hmm. that, like I'm get, I'm going to grow and heighten and and either uh, lose what I want or get what I want. But it all, you don't have to. It's to me, Shakespeare's so much easier than most really? okay. because it's written so well. All right, this clip is astounding to me because. Okay, so it's my friend Christy Williams. She has been my friend since birth. She is my OG beard, which is how I introduce her, because, like, you know, it's a, it's a high honor to be my OG beard, and she has been bestowed that title. But this clip is so weirdly enough right before the pandemic. And it was her first time to New York, where I live now, and she was talking about being sick. She thought she had the flu. Little did we know, she had COVID. So... Now that I think about it, she could have been patient zero. Ooh, boy. The original beard. Oh. Uh, the original beard. <laughs> you are the original. I was. Yeah, you're the, the OB. Beard. I was your OB. <laughs> Christy Williams. Thank you. We have known each other for so long. We have an eclectic past. Really, like, our entire lives. It's kind of crazy. We've performed together. We have written television shows together. We've cried together. We've eaten a lot of Papa John's pizza at your house in your basement together. I mean, guys, you've got memories. I think you've got dirt on me. Do I have dirt on you? Hmm. I think we're both too open. Yeah, we're pretty much your dirt is my dirt and my dirt is your dirt. Like... We're we're kind of an open book, yeah, to, to a fault. Yeah, probably, definitely to a fault. So the exciting thing is, you're in New York. 
I am. Because you got a new job. You got a new job that's headquartered in New York. Yeah. And you're still living in North Carolina, but I really, has being here for the past two weeks, has that changed your perception about maybe wanting to move to New York and leaving your family behind? (laughs) I'm going to have to go with a strong hell no. (laughs) I. This was your first time in New York. I had never been to New York City. I've been to upstate New York, but this is my first time in New York City. And. Which surprises me. I don't know why. I feel like you, of all people, would have been in New York City. Because I seem so well traveled. You're so, yes, you're so well read. I've not really been anywhere, actually. I'm just really good at faking it. You really are. I know. So walk us through, as a first-time New Yorker, what what was your experience like? So first and foremost, I miss my car so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really anticipate how long the walks were going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I only packed one pair of sneakers, Ooh. and I packed three pairs of flats. Also, it was really cold, and I got the flu. <laughs> So it's so, been a fun it's been a fun 10 days. Yeah, I really knocked it out of the park, out of the Central Park. Can I just tell you the very first time I ever came to New York was in 2004. It was with oh. Tony, Taryn and her friend Julie. Okay. And when I came here, all I packed was flip-flops. Oh my gosh. I left. Did you buy shoes? Did you buy like three pairs? While well, that you were was here? the thing. We cuz Taryn was like you need to buy shoes, so we stopped into a shoe store and I just bought all the shoes were expensive, so I just bought another pair of flip-flops that were more cushioned. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I love flip-flops. And I today it's about 50 degrees out. This is the warmest day it's been that it's mm-hmm. not raining. Mm-hmm. I kind of wished that I had worn my flip-flops because I will walk a theme park in flip-flops. Are you, Mama I can't, loves flip-flops. I can't wear flip-flops anymore. Oh, I love them. It's, that's like all I live in. And that's the only thing in my work dress code you're not allowed to wear. I am so sorry. I was like, well, fine, I'll be wearing tank tops every day. Well, do you have good-looking feet? I have really pretty feet. According to? Like men on the internet. <laughs> um, expand on that. Well, I just, I've, I've... Are you on foot fetish site? No, I'm not on a foot fetish site. Well, you but I feel like I could quickly. be. I feel like I could be if I wanted to be. Yeah. I, have, I do have really nice feet. Like, even my pedicurist tells me that I have really great feet. So the first time you were intimate— Will you also be posting a picture of my feet with this podcast? I feel like I now have to. Okay. All right. So when you first got together with your husband, Jamie— Yes. Was that the first thing he complimented was your feet? No. So it almost annoys me that he doesn't like feet. Because I'm like, if you liked feet, you would like me way more than you like me. Is he just repulsed by feet? No, he's not repulsed. I mean, like, he'll give me a foot rub, but he's not, like, getting off on it. Have <laughs> you had people in the past who yes, are like— Yes, I have. Are you fucking serious? No, I'm serious. I have. Like, walk me through that. Because <laughs> no one's ever turned on by my feet. Well, your feet are gross. All right. So. <laughs> I wash them. I do have a finger toe on both feet. You do. And, and so I watched that show on TLC called Is my This Gonna feet Make Are Killing Me. Is this going to make me feel better? It might, yeah. Actually, if you watch My Feet Are Killing Me, you're going to be like, oh, I have the prettiest feet. But there was an episode where a guy, his second toe was kind of like yours, where it was just like bigger than the big toe, like longer than the big toe. And he had a surgery to reduce the length of it. I don't think I would ever go that far. I don't think you would either. But, I mean, yeah. It's not that bad of a toe. Yeah.
This next clip features my dad, and he has had such an interesting career. He worked in radio all over the U.S., mostly country music stations, and then he became a preacher. So yes, I'm a preacher's kid, so that probably explains a lot of why I'm so messed up. Um, I kid, mostly. But uh, yeah, here's uh, here's my dad talking about uh, his career. Dad, welcome to the show. Thank you, son. I'm honored to be on your show. I can just tell. And you know what? It was so much fun trying to set this up. It took about 30 minutes, but we finally got it going. Internet audio to hear others. Please join audio. Okay, move your, move your phone. All right, well, hang up your other phone. What? So you got your start in radio at the... At age 15. Yeah, at age 15. How did that come about? Well, my father was uh, a minister, and he was a radio guy. He got on the radio in 1936, and uh, he just loved radio. When Stu Epperson, who is the uh, president and CEO of Salem Media, got his start, he bought a a station here in town. Actually, he put it on the air, and uh, he came to our house, and my dad started to work for him and my dad would have a one hour gospel show at noon every day. Mm-hmm. And he, at age 15, he insisted, I hate to use the word made me go and do his show when he was not available. He said, someday you might want to make this your uh, vocation. Wait a minute. So you would go and do his gospel show. Would you preach? No, no, no. Play records. Then what happened is I fell in love with radio. And, you know, you just can't get it out of your blood. You you love the media. You get involved. And then I had dreams. I used to listen to stations far off, uh, you know, from Chicago, New York, uh, Cleveland. And I would dream about working in those bigger cities. And ultimately, that's you know, that's what happened. So Yeah, because at night you can pick up on AM frequencies, you can pick up stations out of town, right? Yeah, it's called Skywave. You know, like WABC New York 77 was a big top 40 station. And at night, uh, the signal on AM goes straight up and bounces off the ionosphere. And my gosh, it would cover, you know, half the world it seemed like, but I used to listen to uh, Cousin Brucey and Dan Ingram and some of those guys. It was really great. So I'm wearing one of your shirts from one of your many radio stations that you worked at, KO. KO was in Seattle. KO was, I think, the first major market C&W station. And I was working in Cleveland at the time when I got a call they wanted to modernize KO and bring it into the 20th century. What's C&W? Country and Western. So anyway, that's, that's uh, and I don't remember how I got that shirt. It looks like one that I went somewhere and bought and say, can you put this on? Yeah, I don't think this was professionally made. How many radio stations would you say you worked at over the course of your career? Well, in Roanoke, it was... Uh, WKBA, WPXI, WROV. Then I went to Winston-Salem, WKBX. Then I went to Richmond, WDRL-FM. 
W-E-E-T-A-M. Then I went to Cleveland, W-N-C-R-F-M. Okay. Then I went to Seattle, K-O, K-A-Y-O. Then I went to Chicago and worked for Plow Broadcasting. It was Z-104-F-M. Then I returned to Roanoke and worked for W-U-E-Z. Then I was hired as the manager at W-R-O-V. Uh, then I went back to W-U-E-Z. Then I bought what turned out to be 3WR and later Fox Radio. Wow. So that's like 15 radio stations. Why can't you keep a job? <laughs> well, when you are so good and so talented, you keep getting these job offers. Okay. So you worked in radio all your life and then you became a preacher. My father passed away and at age 40, I got a call into the ministry and I pastored Calvary Tabernacle and I was the official and unofficial uh, superintendent of the 10 churches that he established in Southern West Virginia and in Virginia. So how did you get this call? Was it by phone? Was it a beeper? <laughs> God, that's funny. I have to explain it to my audience because it was a call, a spiritual call, if you will. Yeah, that's good. That's the way to describe it. Okay, first of all, walk me through that moment. Because I've heard the story. It happened in the middle of the night, and you wake up, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm meant to be a preacher. I sat up in bed, and your mother said to me, what's wrong? I said, God's making it clear to me what he wants me to do. And she said, oh, my God, no. <laughs> and that was a sentiment she carried on for the rest of her life. All right, this next clip features David Dean Botrell. He is a wonderful actor, a very sweet guy. And at the time of this recording, he was doing a one-man show called David Dean Botrell Makes Love. And I believe he's bringing it back. You know what? Google it. Find out for yourself. It'll be a fun little exercise you can do on your own. But, uh... In this clip, he's talking about the weirdest date he ever went on, and it's truly weird. What's your weirdest first date experience? Timer begins now. Oh, uh, when I was on a first date and the guy I was with um, told me how his ex had committed suicide three oh, weeks before this date. My God, Three weeks what? prior to this date. What did, what did, how did you react? I said, what are you doing on a date three weeks after your boyfriend committed suicide. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. I just didn't want to be that guy that something sad happened to. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I think I would, if that happened to me, I would just be stuttering yeah. and just being like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. That story's in the show, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got some bad date stories I can share with you. Some of them are a little um, X-rated. Sure. But keep in mind, I have told my dad. So <laughs> We have an oddly close relationship. Oh, good. That's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest – the only thing that comes to mind right now is I'm supposed – so I met someone on Hinge, mm -hmm. and we're supposed to go on a date as of this recording on Thursday. Okay. And um, so in my profile – 
Because on Hinge, I don't know if you've ever been on Hinge. Mm. So it has pictures, and then it'll have, like, generated questions you can answer to kind of show your personality. Mm. And it was like, what's your go-to karaoke song? Well, mine is I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman by Britney Spears. Right. Because it's so melodramatic, and there's there's such a story to be told there with that song. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Yes. And so um, he was like, I've got to hear this. And so our first date is going to be at a karaoke bar. I have no idea how it's going to go, but – and he's, like, texting me. He was like, hey, what's your favorite karaoke place? And I'm like, okay, I'm not that lame. So we will see how that goes, but, yeah. I think you win that round. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. This next clip features my sister Heidi, and she is truly one of a kind. And this is this this clip right here is why I love her because we both love just garbage food. What small pleasures do you enjoy the most? Timer begins now. Oh my god, I can go on and on about this. I like the Starbucks mocha, you know that drink I told you about that has like it's just basically the name of it, the ingredient. It's like a hand-shaken espresso mocha or something. Delicious. Um, I also like Chipotle, Taco Bell, Doritos, Locos, Tacos. I like to go through the drive-thru, get them, not even wait to get home and just sit there. We are cut from the same cloth. I love Taco Bell. Thank you, because everyone I tell that to, (laughs) when I tell people here in New York that I love Taco Bell, they look at me like like I'm the grossest person in the world. I think that Taco Bell is an underrated gem. Yeah, preach on. And their hot sauce with the on the Doritos Locos Taco. I mean, that's delicious. But then you have Chipotle and Moe's. <laughs> They're right there. <laughs> Moe's cheese sauce is freaking delicious. Do you have anything non-food based that gives you pleasure besides your husband? <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know, like when I do a home improvement project and I like the outcome, I mean, that's so not interesting. But, um, you know, I like it when I, I don't want to get serious with you because you're going to make fun of me. I'm not going to make fun of you. (laughs) Tell me one serious thing. We'll test the waters right now. Tell me something serious and we'll see. Well, when I achieve something good at work for a client. I'm not going to make fun of that. I, you always make fun of me. Well, it depends on how stupid it is. That's not stupid. Okay. Or like, you know, when I have people that tell me they look up to me in my respective career, I know that's not widespread, but that makes me feel good too. Well, no, I think that's great. I can't imagine people would say like they look up to you in everyday life. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, go on. Read me for filth. Nope. No, not going there. Joey Camasta. He works with Snooki on the podcast It's Happening. He's also on Barstool Sports with the podcast Out and About. And he has another podcast. He's just a big old podcast guy. He has a new podcast called Could I Get in Your Pantry, which I happen to produce. Check it out. Uh, but I had him on the show in 2021, uh, right in the middle of the pandemic. I think the pandemic, again, is it still happening? I don't even know anymore. I'm just... Let's not talk about it. But uh, the question he got was, uh, well, you know what? Take a listen. Next question. Oh, I got the big one. Ooh. Uh, This is a big read. Okay. Okay. Read the CDC recommendation with a British accent. Okay. Actually, I want you to do this first. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so you have okay. to read that line with a British accent, your best British accent. Okay. <clears throat> the safest type. That's Australian. The safe, the safe, the safest type of sexual activity during COVID nineteen pandemic is masturbation. I think that's a good British accent, but mine s- sounds very like Dick Van. Do I sound like you know who my favorite British person is? Tell me, Gemma Collins. Do you know her? Why should I know her? Uh, because she's the most fabulous gal in all of, all of the world. She's just like a, a larger than life. What uh, is she from? She's like a. a a thirst trap. She's like me over in, but more famous over in, <laughs> over in, in the UK. She's just like, she's on reality shows. She's, uh, you know, okay. a celebrity uh, sidekick. She's just like, you know, an all around thirst trap like me. So here's my British accent. It's very much Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Okay, I'm ready. So it's you're not probably good. good at it. You're, you're an actress. Okay. Well, I'm going to read it and then we'll reassess. The safest type of sexual activity during COVID-19 pandemic is masturbation. You sound like Dr. Ruth. Does she sound like that? You never heard Dr. Ruth? Is she British? No, she's. I think she's German. <laughs> she's just loud. I, I, I'm talking about the falsetto, not, not the accent. I don't know why I have to make it loud, but that's how I have to get to the accent. Well, it's like I, also like singing. When I have to hit the note, I just yell it. I I'm, thought it was lovely. Thank you. Okay. I felt really good about it. Nastasha Strang is such a wonderful person. She's actually, um, we're actually working on a comedy pilot together, ironically, about my dad, who you heard earlier in the episode. Uh, so this is when she was on, and I was actually in her short film, Dating Clarity, and we talk a little bit about that and the inspiration. Speaking of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> this is my transition into Dating Clarity. Yeah. So this is your award-winning short mm. film. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah, so um, I wrote it um, almost two years ago. I, I came up with the idea December 2018. Okay. Yeah. Were you single then? <laughs> I was single then. Because okay. <laughs> if you haven't seen it or not familiar with it, it's about uh, a girl who seeks mm-hmm. out the help of a YouTube dating coach. Yeah. And then she tries all of the different, you know, advice that she's given by him. And then she goes out. She tries it on guys out in the real world. And then she just fails constantly and i think that's hilarious now have <laughs> you taken advice because you said you yeah. did this for research and i'm using yeah. air quotes <laughs> yeah but were you actually in a moment where you're like i'm so lonely i can only eat so much alone <laughs> in bed and cry i need a man i will say that um i i love learning i'm, I'm constantly learning all different things. I know a lot about investing. I know a lot about um, like, you know, body stuff and meditation, yoga. Like I'm, I love immersing myself in new things. Okay. And so, yeah, I somehow stumbled across uh, these dating coaches on YouTube. <laughs> Maybe I was lonely somehow. one night. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so then um, I thought they were hilarious because there's all these different, you know, guys like telling girls. Well, you sh- you showed me one. And it yeah. w- wasn't he like British and yeah, he's hot? he's British and he's like smoking hot. And so, yeah, he's got this huge following. And you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take advice from this guy. <laughs> I mean, of course you're going to want to take advice from this guy. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like. <laughs> I don't know, just like that, just like, oh, he's so much better than me. And the, it, it's almost uh, like you start thinking that you're uh, Kevin James and Hitch, uh, you know? Yeah. And you're no, just I, like, I get it. I mean, I don't know. I just thought they were hilarious. But yeah, I did. I did like use some of the things that I learned. I mean, I because back Was then, some of the di- dialogue yeah. directly from the videos, those particular videos? Um, Yeah, I think I I think I definitely stole some uh, some dialogue Which and kind of just made it my own. Um. 
Uh, well, like the some of the ending tags, uh-huh. you know, uh, visit my retreat. You know, I kind of, yeah. I kind of made it my own, you know, thing. And and you helped me too with some of the, you know, some of the verbiage. But yeah, I would kind of listen to him and say, oh, that's funny, you know. And I would just alter it so that it was that it was my verbiage. Now, but, as, yeah. As far as the videos go, did you take any of the advice from these coaches? Yeah, in real life, yeah. Okay. And what was the one, what was the one that was like the most effective? The most effective one. Did you um, use this on your current boyfriend? I'm sure I did. Okay. What was it? Um, <laughs> Cuz I feel like you told you told me the story of how you guys met. It was at yeah. a club. I feel like I feel like that was one of the things. Um yeah, because we we were at this House of Yes, which is like a dance club in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it's still here after COVID because it's so it's the best, in my opinion, best club in in uh, all of New York City. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. And uh, we like we like locked eyes. You know, he's like across the room, six feet social distancing. Well, this was back back <laughs> in the day. Where, this is back in the day where you could be literally inside someone yeah, exactly. in a public place, and it was totally fine. Yeah, right, right, right. So then uh, we locked eyes, and I looked over at him, and then um, I just you know, walked up to him because I, I felt just very confident. And I felt sort of drawn to him too, but I felt very confident. And then I, uh, he was wearing like his his jacket, like inside, you know how you have a coat check in the winter of, in New York? Right. But he was still wearing his coat. And so, but it was like a, it's like a, you know, a fake leather jacket. It was like kind of, you know, hip or whatever. And so I walked up to him and I said, hey, you know, um, you know, you can check your coat. Like, do you need $2? <laughs> I can give you $2. I said something like that. And then I don't remember exactly what he said, but I think he just laughed, you know? Because I think think part of um, women dating, in my opinion, is I think a lot of women are just waiting for the guy to come up. Uh And I've definitely been that woman for many years. Oh, I'm definitely that woman. Yes. But not I really think, bode well for me, but but I think what's cool about these dating advice videos is that is that it gives you the power to go up and to 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 make the first move. And as a woman, you you know there it has to be done in kind of a subtle way uh-huh. because you still need there's still this whole so keep cultural your top thing. On. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, but the whole cultural thing of you know we still live in a culture where the man the man leads and you know mm-hmm. all those things. So well, imagine when it's two two guys. I yeah, mean, fucking confusing. But isn't it easier in the gay world though? Like, <sighs> I, I, I mean, it is and it isn't. Okay, because <laughs> there's also there's like okay, so there's beauty standards for mm-hmm. females, but mm-hmm. for gays, fucking yeah. forget about it. Yeah, you have I know, to be there's... like carbs aren't carbs aren't allowed. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know how long it's been since I've had a carb? How long? Well, I actually have had a car, but like not a lot, not to the extent of which. That's amazing. Sarah Coffey is a comedian that I met uh, when I was doing a show this past November in New York City. And she told one of the most interesting stories, which you have to go back and listen to the episode. It's from December. Um, but, uh, yeah, she is so funny. She's blowing up on TikTok. She actually just landed a deal to do a a TikTok sketch show. So big things are happening with her. But uh, this clip here, she's talking about some of the uh, gigs that she has worked on. And it's, um, I'll just take a listen. I want to know about that world because I've watched uh, America's Next Top Model. That's, yeah. So I'm well-versed in the model world. Yes, that's really all you need to be watching. So is it like that? Exactly the same. You have challenges every week. (laughs) Tyra Banks comes to your home and judges whether or not you should stay or not. She yells at you if you fight back against her. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's it's fun. fun. Well, what did you model for? 
Um, I've done like a, I mean, probably nothing. Honestly, it was just a bullshit thing. I fucking like moved to the city. I was like, I'm modeling in classes. I did like a couple, like this like, like cashmere scarf company at some point. Okay. Print? Or was it video? It was print. It was definitely not video. I've done like commercials, but that was more like in an acting sense. Like I do this, I did this love wellness commercial on Instagram. It's like vagina pills. And so the first shot is just a picture. It's just a shot of me taking a picture of my vagina on the toilet. And everyone sends it to me and they're like, (laughs) everyone sends it to me. They're like, is this you? And I'm like, yes, it's me. What are the vagina pills for? So it's like, it's like, ladies, we have a problem. (laughs) Is it? Do you do the voiceover too? <laughs> no, I wish people oh. thought, people think I I probably should have done because I do voiceover work as okay. well. I just started this year. I did a. I'm telling you all the commercial work I've done. SarahCoffee.com. She is looking. You know. You know. You put it out there. I'll put it out there, and mm-hmm. you'll hear. Uh, people are listening to this. They'll hear my my voice, and they'll see how good it is. I would buy commercial. vagina pills from you. Buy our vagina pills. Five ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Make up some um, side effects because okay. that's that that'll happen. <laughs> Ew, I'm sorry. Mouth Please don't noises. put that in. Please don't put that in. Ew, I'm not that disgusting. I'm literally, I'm talking like too much about like sexual things. I'm literally like on so much Lexapro that I don't care about sex at all. Oh, I'm switching to a new uh, antidepressant. What are you switching to? So Trintelix. I was. Uh, wait, what is it? Trintelix. No, I've should I? I've heard it's a new one that it's, I'm, I'm thinking about it. My my psychiatrist retired this year, but <gasps> I'm trying to get a new one to get me on Trintelix. Do it's you have like, a good psychiatrist? I need one. I did. Well, she retired. Well, uh, okay. I guess <laughs> my I mom's a psychiatrist. Would she treat me? Yeah, honestly, I, I have a lot of issues. You should talk to her. She's a great psychiatrist. Okay, great. Yeah, you should talk to her. Um, Trintelix just is a, uh, an antidepressant without the sexual side effects. Okay, so I was on Zoloft for like a butt ton of years. That does that does it. Which, if you're if you're just to catch you up to speed, you, like you can get the sales up. Just sometimes it'll take a while to ruin your sheets. Yes, it'll take time. It takes patience. It mm-hmm. takes exactly it's the same. Same over here. Same with the. Lexi. But to be fair, I haven't uh, had sex in a while. So oh, that's great. It, thank you, thank you. Um, it feels great to say it out loud. Yeah. Um, so I'm switching to Wellbutrin because yes, yeah, I tried Wellbutrin once. And for my body and for my mom's body, she knew too. It's it makes me so cloudy. But for some people, it's the best thing in the world. Well, because so. I've been on it so long that I feel like it's just not working anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna I wanna zhuzh it up. Try it out. So um. Enough about that. That was a fun topic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll talk about that for days. So those were just a few of my favorite moments over the past four years from doing You Go First. Hope you enjoyed reminiscing today. And if you enjoyed You Go First. Why don't you give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Even leave it a review. Follow on Spotify. You know, really help build this show up. Uh, Every little bit helps. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll talk soon. 